On Collective Conversations today, I'm joined by Emmeline and Julia from Mirrored Horizons. Welcome. Thanks for having us. We're excited. Yes. Now, I'm excited because this is a startup that you two entrepreneurs have uh, looked into and found a need in the market as far as consultancy goes for professional development and business development. Tell me about Mirrored Horizons. Mirrored Horizons was formed in April this year, so it's very new, and we have done it to basically empower businesses and individuals to unlock their potential and achieve ultimate fulfilment, be that in goals or strategy achievement. And so how did you two meet? Uh, Jules and I worked together for three years at our previous place of employment um, uh, in a challenging environment, often challenging environment, and we found we just had a complementary set of skills. We worked really well together. We worked on a number of different projects and... Yeah, we had a shared interest in people and finding fulfilment and strategy development and hence business went now, on. Both of you have come from that full-time work and had successful careers and uh, have now taken that big leap into go into your own business. So uh, obviously you're pretty confident and feel that there is a need out there for what you're offering. There is definitely a need out there. Um, it's really about embracing well-being of people, which is big today and it's about embracing a whole person and whole people as a team and unlocking that to empower people and make them achieve better things be it for themselves and in life we had to I guess do that ourselves we had so to let's unpack that. that you you know you mentioned before Em about working in a challenging yeah. work environment so what were some of the challenges that uh, you faced? I think from a, uh, Jules and I were very different in our thought approach and often had um, pushing our ideas forward uh, was met with a bit of resistance. So that set us up for a good business foundation in terms of our own business. But I think for Jules and I, it was realising that we had the power of choice and that power of choice was to ultimately leave in the end, but to find something that really did ignite a passion within us. Um, so that's what we did and did that leap. That's really good because it's probably, you know, you saw what you didn't like mm. and so therefore you made that into something that, you know, again, that's how all great startups develop mm. yeah. right, is, is finding that niche and doing it better and um, going out there and uh, so good on you. Thanks. So you're in the HR and business area. So are you finding now there is a big divide between, say, you've got uh, – if you work in government, if you work in a publicly listed company and – a private company and then the size of the company. So, you know, I just feel from the people we talk to and from my own experience, there's so many different experiences in the different places that you work. Yeah. Suzanne, you would have heard the term people leave managers, they don't leave workplaces. So, in every example you just listed, you can have great leaders and in all of those you can have terrible leaders. So, you can have privately owned business who has a leader who takes that next step, embraces what is seen by other companies to succeed and does it really well. And then you can also have those small startups who's very old school in their mentality, leads with the iron fist and it has to be their way or the highway. They basically delegate everything and then rule with an iron rod. It, it's really every one of those environments can embrace leadership um, and it's really about embracing people and what they've got to offer. What's the point in hiring a person if you don't let them go and do? So how does an effective workplace look today? Where, you know, what's the main key elements for a successful and effective workplace? 
it's actually embracing the whole of the people that they employ. What's the point in hiring them if you're not going to embrace what they've got to offer? True diversity in skill set, knowledge to take it to that next level, empowering that, finding a way to unlock it, empower it and set them to work with trust and the freedom to succeed. I think Jules and I have seen that when you give people the space to innovate and think differently and creatively, um, they not only get the best out of their roles that they're meant to do within the workplace, but they go further beyond that and offer so much more to the workplace, which in turn results in a, a culture of thought leadership and thinking differently, which is only going to propel your business forward. So how do you help an organisation become more diverse? We start with simple observation. It's really for us, our name comes back into play there. So Mirrored Horizons, Mirrored is about reflecting and taking all the best bits of what has been, why you started and what's there, and then choosing what you're going to take to propel you towards the future. And it's really working with those business, observing, making observations and unlocking that, taking people on the journey, buy-in is critical. It can't just be senior leaders. You have to know your people. You have to know your high achievers and those ones who might not be thriving in the environment and how you can take everyone on the journey. We truly believe that every person is trying to do the best they know how and there's a way to unlock that. So what's your methodology? Our model, um, we've come up with our model based on two thought leaders, which people may, may have known previously, Simon Sinek and Jim Collins, and taken their theories around you start with why, which is Simon Sinek and Jim Collins, good to great. And if you have the right people on the bus and how to get that buy-in on the journey, as Jules mentioned, and come out with our own model that is, I guess, disruptive and different. And it starts with embracing who you are. And that is in a personal sense and a business sense and it moves to defining and living for your purpose and then being courageously authentic in the application of that daily so that having your guiding principles and putting them into practice with courageous authenticity. Courageous authenticity so combining that when you start everyone really has to be on the bus don't they? Absolutely. For it to succeed. Yeah they do. Now that brings in change as well. Huge, that, yep. That word. Ooh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you get an organisation to trust you and trust the change that you're going to bring in? What's some of those basic uh, tools I think we've um, we've seen that word when people recoil when you say change a lot in our um, personal development workshops and it's changing that changing that mentality around the word and moving it towards commitments and what you're ready to commit to and goals rather than change change is such a word that sort of you have in your head that it's going to be flipped on its head and it doesn't necessarily need to be that it also comes back to that reflective practice. So people resist more when you're the person coming in and you're just there to change. Mm. It's actually, no, we want to understand. We seek first to understand the business and we explore that through powerful questioning mm. and then we try to take people on the journey, not just leaders, the entire organisation. It's about everybody buying into that journey and creating trust by actually listening and seeking to understand what they've got to offer and then embracing everything that Em has just said there as well. I think it also comes back to that, you know, we've, Jules and I have a very bespoke approach with every different business. We know that no two businesses nor people are going to be the same. So coming in with that approach, like Jules said, that independent observation and not everyone's going to be ready for the full suite of things that we have to offer, but making it digestible for them. The word change and the journey and what you were talking about 
you know, we want things to happen quickly these days. We, you know, we, we, we expect instantaneous results. But I suppose in this area, you can't just flip everything instantaneously. It does take time. Mm. I think it's the quickest way to get people off the bus is yeah. to do it too quickly. You've got to go through all the stages of changes that are so well documented in all the literature you'll read. It's how you take people through those changes and actually have the patience to move to that. And I think for us it's about really documenting success factors along the journey, breaking it down into small milestones. And we've certainly done that as a business. So we're certainly, um, as a startup, doing it tough financially, but we're achieving success factors. So we're seeing tr- steps in the right direction. You're talk- we're talking about the workplace and the business and growing the business, but you also rely as well, um, you said, on personal development. So how does a person, how they're feeling and what's going on in their home life actually affect their performance at work? Hugely so. I don't think the two are ever mutually exclusive. You bring your work home and you bring your home life to work. So um, they're definitely not independent of each other. And we've certainly seen that in our running our alignment workshops that people that are unhappy in their workplace are often unhappy at home and vice versa. So um, yeah, in my opinion and Jules's opinion, they're definitely not mutually exclusive. That's what's exciting about this journey is that if people embrace what we offer, we transition people to move to that more fulfilled life and hopefully a happier life where it infiltrates every aspect of their life. If you're empowered at work or if you're empowered at home, you can make decisions better. You Think can actually clearly. Mm. Yeah, really move towards a life that means something to you. And if you're in a workplace that is really affecting your home life, then you have to ask yourself, why are you there? And sometimes our process is about moving people off the bus Mm. and people might be shocked by this but sometimes when you move a person off the bus they come back and thank you Mm. they realize that role was really infiltrating their life and affecting their relationships that they didn't want to be affected I think Jules and I can both confidently speak to that too because we've lived it ourselves being in challenging environments and then having that opportunity or choice to take the leap into something that we're both really passionate about and then speaking to people about that it kind of ignites a little spark within both of us and we're both so much happier for it so we've done it we live it making the change absolutely taking the leap Mm. I think the exciting thing as well for us we could have both gone out into other roles and hoped that one day we'd work together again Um, but we actually look at this journey and think instead of just impacting one or two organizations we have the potential to impact so many more and have more people make choices that are aligned to them and what they want to achieve. And that's what it's about for us. If we can do it through a business or an individual, Mm. we're actually fulfilled ourselves by seeing people succeed. So just watching your dynamic sitting here and that, um, you know, you do have a passion for it. And obviously that's the reason that you've chosen the path in this business. So 
let's unpack your backgrounds and that passion and where it comes Mm. from now from what what you did in the past. Sure. I studied psychology, so I think I've always had an inclination to understand people on a deeper level and understand their ways of thinking and what motivates them, what sets them apart, their different skills. So that's where it all really stems from for me. I was fortunate enough to work in those small, medium-sized businesses where I've sort of climbed the ladder, so to speak, and moved my way into um, those advisory roles where I've had an impact on internal communication and business strategy. So I think an amalgamation of those two things led me to um, where I am today and using my skill sets in a positive way. Uh, Similar story in choice. I loved legal studies. I loved business studies and I love psychology. I chose to study human resources and went straight into working in it. I've worked in both large and small organisations. I've worked for global IT consultancy. I've worked in real estate. I've worked in power. I've worked across a lot of industries. I found that skills are transferable across industries and actually it brings innovation and diversity of thinking. I've worked in Greenfield Startup HR roles, which is going in and establishing it from scratch. And that's probably become my sweet spot, uh, seeing businesses embrace and taking them on the journey to buy into what it is to value your people. Um, I've been blessed to be able to work with an inspirational leader who embraced everything I brought to the table and they went on to achieve within two years of embracing HR to achieve the BRW Great Places to Work, um, which is recognition for it being an employer of choice. That's, <laughs> Thank that's you. a great <laughs> achievement. And again, from that is seeing what great organisations can do with the right leadership and seeing this done really well and also then seeing the flip side where leadership is that complete opposite that we were speaking about. It's really about trying to unlock that more, trying to embrace the best parts of people and really move forward in that space. Well, congratulations and um, hopefully you'll come back and join us again and we can unpack uh, some more about uh, Mirrored Horizons. Thanks, Thanks, Susan. Thank you.